What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movies, the menu, and bros. First, let's talk about the menu. Here's a quick synopsis. A group of people are invited to an exclusive destination restaurant run by celebrity chef Julian Slowick for what they believe will be the best meal of their lives. The film stars Anya Taylor-Joy, Ray Fiennes, Nicholas Holt, John Leguizamo, Hong Chow, Judith Light, Reed Burney, Paul Adelstein, Amy Cario, Arthur Castro, Rob Yang, and Mark St. Cyr. Standout performances, Anya Taylor-Joy turned into a massive star after the hit Netflix series The Queen's Gambit. And my big question about her after that show was, would she become a massive movie star? Specifically, she's been a very good actress in movies like 2017's Thoroughbreds, 2020's Emma, and last year's Last Night in Soho, but none of those movies were hits, and her other two films this year, The Northman and Amsterdam, she was very good in those, but those films have largely been viewed as financial failures. Fast forward to this film, which has been by all measures a hit both critically and financially. And that's important. The menu proves that Anya Taylor-Joy is a bankable movie star. She's the lead and the biggest name in a movie that is doing very well at the box office. As for her performance in the menu, it's exactly what the movie needed. It's the definition of a movie star performance. Joy is playing a character that the audience is rooting for. Joy might be seeing some more box office success in her future as later this year she'll be the voice of Princess Peach in the Super Mario Brothers movie and then next year she's the lead of George Miller's Furiosa film. Audiences have been aware of actor Ray Fiennes since he played pivotal roles in Steven Spielberg's Schindler's List, Robert Redford's Quiz Show, and in Anthony Magella's The English Patient. He was nominated for both Schindler's List and The English Patient. For my age or younger, he's Voldemort in the Harry Potter films. I believe his recent work has been underappreciated starting with Wes Anderson's The Grand Budapest Hotel in which I believe he gives a career best performance. He really goes for it in Luca Guadagnino's A Bigger Splash and him and Alden Enreich are in my opinion the best part of the Coen brothers Hail Caesar. I think we've taken for granted how good he is as an actor. I think he's one of the most consistent actors of his generation. In the menu he He's playing a celebrity chef, and I couldn't help but think of the celebrity chefs that are in real life, like Gordon Ramsay or Bobby Flay. He reminds me of those type of intense, eccentric characters. Finds is next going to reunite with Wes Anderson on the wonderful story of Henry Sugar with Benedict Cumberbatch and Dev Patel. Early on in his acting career, Nicholas Holt was playing likable leading roles in Jack the Giant Slayer and Warm Bodies, and I like those movies a lot. But his most interesting work in films have been when he has played more complicated characters in George Miller's Mad Max Fury Road, Yorgos Lanthimos is the favorite, and Justin Curzel's True History of the Kelly Gang. And I also have to mention his work on the Hulu series The Great. He's an actor that clearly matches the tone of the movie he's in and does so brilliantly in the menu. I particularly loved a scene where his character Tyler cries. 
Bolt has two big movies on the way that both weirdly are about vampires. Renfield with Nicolas Cage and Aquafina in it. Cage is playing Dracula. And Robert Eggers' remake of Nosferatu with Lily Rose Depp and Bill Skarsgård. If those two movies take off, I could see Nicholas Holt becoming a bigger name than he already is. I will say after seeing the menu, I am kind of broken up about the fact that Anya Taylor-Joy is not going to be in Nosferatu with Holt. They have real chemistry, would have loved to see it, but still I'm super excited to see Holt work with Robert Eggers. Mark Mylod is the perfect director for a movie like The Menu. If you don't know the name, he's best known for directing two of my all-time favorite television shows, HBO Succession and Showtime Shameless, and both of those shows are about social status. Succession is about the Roy family whose wealth and power have blinded them from real life problems and Shameless is about the Gallaghers, a family who are poor and just trying to make ends meet. Both of these shows are filled with endless amounts of social commentary and you see some of that in the menu. For starters, there are numerous characters in the movie who are only focused on themselves. He's also great at mixing comedy and drama and he clearly knows what to do with an ensemble cast. I mean, everyone in the menu gets a moment to shine the same way that everyone in Succession gets a moment to shine the same way that everyone in Shameless gets a moment to shine. The movie, like those two shows, satirizes a lot of things, one of them being the relationship between critics and artists and the relationship between people in the service industry and customers. Without spoiling the movie, I felt like the interactions between Ray Fiennes' character and Nicholas Holtz's perfectly encapsulates what the movie is about. There is a character who thinks he knows everything about food and then there's a character who actually cooks. And that's something you see all the time. Everyone nowadays is an expert on everything and I think it bothers the people who are actually experts. There's also an interesting dynamic between Anya Taylor-Joy's character and Ray Fiennes. Like he is trying to endlessly impress her even though she's disinterested and I think that says everything about being a chef that you have this desire and need to satisfy everyone no matter who they are. After watching the menu I'm certain there will be some people turned off by this movie and say it is too on the nose about what it's about and while I understand that criticism I really clicked with the overall tone of the film. There are some great monologues given by Ray Fiennes. Oscar chances. There are some people talking about how Ray Fiennes has a realistic possibility to be nominated for Best Leading Man. That is not going to happen. But should it happen? Absolutely. He gives one of the best performances of the year. He feels to me like Willem Dafoe, where you can put Willem Dafoe in any movie and he's going to make it work. That's what Ray Fiennes does, particularly in a movie like The Menu. Like, I couldn't imagine imagine another actor doing this good of a job with this character. Because Fines is playing somebody who has to be sinister, but also someone that the audience feels empathetic towards, and that's a really hard balance that he somehow makes work. I would also personally love to see Mylod get 
nominated for Best Director, but there's no chance on earth that that's going to happen either. I just feel like this is the perfect kind of movie that the Oscars should be nominating things for. It's a high-quality movie that a lot of people have seen. That's what the Oscars should navigate towards nowadays. Movies that are popular that are also very good. And the menu are both of those things. People have seen this movie. It has movie stars. You would get Anya Taylor-Joy to go to the Oscars, which I think is always a good thing. If you want the Oscars to have star power that it once had, start nominating movies that people have seen instead of films winning Best Picture that no one has ever heard of. Like, that thing needs to stop. They need to start nominating popular movies that aren't blockbusters or superhero movies, but high-quality films like The Menu, I think, should be nominated for Best Picture. They should get acting nominations. They should be taken seriously. Overall, The Menu is a super entertaining movie, and I am glad it's found success at the box office. I want interesting movies with movie stars with no CGI to be made. I also think this movie proves you can still satirize the culture. I know some did not love the movie's ending, no spoiler, but it's not subtle. I would say the ending stays true to what the movie is, and that's the biggest compliment I can give the movie. The people behind it know the intention of it. Just personally, if I had to nominate the 10 best movies to be nominated for Best Picture, I would nominate the menu because it would attract an audience to watch the Oscars again. You would have Anya Taylor-Joy show up. You would have Nicholas Holt. You would have Ray Fiennes if you gave him a worthy nomination. Like, this is the type of movie that should be celebrated, that should receive awards. Movies that do well at the box office that are also super high quality and worthy of those type of honors. In my personal opinion, there are going to be far worse movies than The Menu that gets an Oscar nomination for Best Picture, and that just doesn't make any sense. The movie is exactly what a modern film should be. It's a movie that looks at the culture. I'll end on this. It is interesting to know that 2022 has been a big year for content about chefs. I mean, you had The Bear, which was one of the most successful TV shows, and now you have The Menu, which has been one of the more popular movies that have been made this year. Maybe we all want to see movies about chefs because there really haven't been a ton of them made. And it also doesn't hurt that both The Bear and The Menu are excellent. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie Bros. Here's a quick synopsis. Bobby is a podcast and radio host who at 40 casually hooks up with men and has never been in a serious relationship until he meets Aaron at a nightclub. The film stars Billy Eichner, Luke McFarlane, Monica Raymond, Amanda Bierce, Guillermo Diaz, Guy Branum, and Bowen Yang. Standout performances. I've known of Billy Eichner for a while now. I, like many, many people, have enjoyed his web series, Billy on the Street. It's weirdly a big piece of modern pop culture. He's also appeared on the sitcom Parks and Recreation and was a lead on the TV series Difficult People. His biggest movie role before Bros was in John Favreau's Lion King, where he voiced Timon. And let me just say he's the best thing about that movie. In Bros as Bobby, he is playing a less aggressive character or persona than what you would expect from the host of Billy on the Street. He's way more subtle than I thought he would be. He's still really funny in the film, but also dials it up for the emotional moments. There's one scene on the beach where he's giving some backstory to his character that I thought was the best moment of the movie. Eichner is next set to 
reprise his role of Timon in Barry Jenkinson's Mufasa the Lion King. Eichner's co-star is virtual unknown Luke McFarlane who since 2016 has mainly been working on Hallmark movies and after seeing him in this you'll think those days are done. This is a massive breakout role. He feels like a movie star. He holds his own comedically with Eichner which is the biggest surprise of the movie that this guy out of nowhere is the second funniest thing in a one of the biggest comedies of the year. McFarlane is next going to again work with the director of Bros, Nicholas Stoller, on the Apple TV Plus series Platonic with Rose Byrne and Seth Rogen. Now let's talk about Nicholas Stoller. You probably don't know the name Nicholas Stoller. He's one of, if not the most successful comedy director of the last decade plus. His first movie was 2008's Forgetting Sarah Marshall with Jason Segel, Mila Kunis, and Kristen Bell. He also directed 2010's Get Him to the Greek with Jonah Hill and Russell Brand, 2012's The Five-Year Engagement, again with Siegel and Emily Blunt, 2014's Neighbors with Seth Rogen, Rose Byrne, and Zac Efron, and its 2016 sequel, Neighbors 2 Sorority Uprising. And while Bros feels drastically different than his other films, I also see some of the similarities because like those past movies, Bros has some outlandishly funny moments, but it also has emotional heart at the center of the story, and that's something you see in all of Stoller's movies. I don't want to spoil the ending to Bros, but there is a musical moment that reminded me of the Dracula musical at the end of Forgetting Sarah Marshall. It's an unconventional way to end a movie, but Stoller once again pulls it off. Bros was produced by Judd Apatow, who is best known for directing films like The 40-Year-Old Virgin and Knocked Up. What you might not know is he's the most powerful comedy producer. Look at the list of movies he's produced. The two Anchorman movies, Step Brothers, Superbad, Bridemaids, Popstar, Never Stop Stopping, The Big Sick, and Now Bros. Almost every modern comedic movie star has worked with Apatow, and him and Nicholas Stoller have a long working relationship. They worked together on the series Undeclared, wrote the movie Fun with Dick and Jane together, and Apatow has produced Forgetting Sarah Marshall, The Five-Year Engagement, and Now Bros. Stoller is a lot like Apatow as a filmmaker. I'm a fan of both, and when I see their names associated with a movie, it becomes a must-watch. Bros is a romantic comedy, and like all romantic comedies, the film comes down to, do you care about these characters, and do they have chemistry? And I would say yes to both of those things. One thing I liked about this movie is it gave time to both characters, Eichner's Bobby and McFarlane's Aaron. A lot of times, romantic comedies only focus on one of the love interests. I came into this thinking it would be the Billy Eichner show and it's not. It really fleshes out both characters. One critique I have is Aaron has a very odd career change at the end which seems like it's only there for laughs. I really like how both characters thought they were wrong partners for one another. Eichner's Bobby thinks Aaron likes a different kind of man and Aaron thinks he's too boring to be with Bobby. Bros pays tributes to classic romantic comedies while also pushing the genre forward. Like a lot 
lot of movies from 2022, almost none of the talk around Bros has been about the movie itself. It's been about its box office failure. Bros only made $14 million at the box office, and one person who has been outspoken about this subject has been star and co-writer Billy Eichner, who said that the film's box office numbers are due to the fact that most Americans do not want to watch a gay-led comedy, and some have taken issue with this stance. And I personally don't see how you could, even in 2022, it's true that there is an alarming amount of people who would feel uncomfortable watching a movie about two gay men. That is a fact, not an opinion. The other factor here is people are not seeing movies at the same rate that they once were. It feels to me like only one movie can thrive at the weekly box office. Like when I was growing up, the top five movies would make a lot of money. When Bros Open, it opened to number two it made 4.8 million dollars do you know how much the horror movie smile made 22 million during its opening weekend and that's a tale of where these two genres have gone horror movies have become more popular they don't even need a big name nobody knows anyone in the movie smile yet it was a hit so a lot of people know who billy eigner is but they didn't see bros because it's a studio comedy and there are a lot of comedies that have been made recently that i thought should have been big box office hits i think the movie long shot is an example of that that is a really good movie that would have made a boatload of money in 2005 yet the year it came out it was an afterthought comedy has kind of done this to themselves in a way because they don't consistently put out these kind of movies at the box office anymore bros is definitely worthy of you going to the movie theaters and watching it yet we're not used to seeing high quality comedies anymore i mean i grew up in the era where every week you had movies like old school you had movies like anchorman and dodgeball and those movies were all gigantic hits but those days are gone but then on the other hand you look at a movie like ticket to paradise which was a big hit and i understand what a lot of people are going to say that is a big hit because it's a traditional romantic comedy with a man and a woman i would also say that movie has two massive movie stars in george clooney and julia roberts and billy eichner is famous but he is not a massive massive movie star i'm sure that factored in here that bros does not have a huge star in it it doesn't have the star power but that leads to the biggest question of all how do you become a modern comedy movie star they don't seem to exist is pete davidson going to become a comedy movie star it doesn't seem like it it seems like he's doing different kinds of projects is billy eichner going to get another chance to be the lead of a movie other than bros i don't know the answer to that it just doesn't seem like the modern comedy movie star, the Ben Stillers, the Adam Sandlers, the Jim Carreys, the Will Ferrells, the Seth Rogans, those people don't exist anymore because we're not turning them into big movie stars. I do believe this movie would have done a lot better five years ago even. I mean, we're at a place with movie theaters where I feel like only one big movie should release a weekend because only one big movie is going to do well anyway, so they should just decide what that movie is going to be. You can't compete. Bros can't compete with Smile. You used to be able to lose at the box 
office and for your movie to still be successful and that's no longer the case like the number three movie in the country could still make a hundred million dollars at the box office that is no longer the case bros was second with 4.8 million dollars and it made 14 million overall the movie needed to make 50 to be considered a great success and it was nowhere near that number overall all that noise aside bros is a very good entry in the romantic comedy genre i hope despite all the box office talk eichner is given many more chances to be the lead of a movie sadly though this is an example of where the state of comedy movies are like even the quality doesn't matter people are not going to the movies to see comedies and i don't know if that will ever change again bros 100 percent deserve to do better at the box office thanks for listening to this edition of pop culture spotlight i'm cameron mckinney and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every thursday on apple Podcasts and spotify i highly recommend you check out the menu and bros next week on the podcast i'm talking about guillermo del toro's pinocchio and emily the criminal starring aubrey plaza so tune into that and please rate review and subscribe <laughs>